Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. To get the Crime Writers on After Show right now, go to patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoie, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original true crime review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, other podcasts, And on this episode, a mysterious countess left her fortune to her German shepherd, and then came the sex cult. We'll talk about the Netflix series, Gunther's Millions. Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of These Are Their Stories podcast, my husband and favorite cult leader, Kevin Flynn. Hello, Kevin. What is that? That's my Gunther impression. All of our listeners with dogs hate you right now. They hate you. <laughs> you can't knock. You can't ring a doorbell. You can't do dog barking. Meow. Oh, nope, God. can't. All nope. Right. Also with us. I want to be dog of the week. Is private investigator, certified pet detective, resident cat lady, and author of the Piper Green series of cozy mysteries, Laura Bricker. Hi, Laura. Hey, Rebecca. And finally, our resident doubting Thomas, author of the City Trilogy of Novels, host of the hit Strange Arrivals podcast, and our Patreon Deep Dive Book Club podcast host, Toby Ball. Hey, Toby. Bonjour now. <laughs> Are you Chef Boyardee all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, we're talking about Italy. That's true. All right, so Kevin, this is Thursday's program. Yep. What's happening on Monday's Crime Writers On? Next week, we're going to be talking about the podcast Truth and Lies. Oh, is it like a game? Is it like we're going to like each tell two truths and a lie? No, no. I don't think that's what that is. Okay. It's so, from ABC. So can we just say something right now? Sure. What Welcome to being north of the wall. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, right now, as we tape this, our house is surrounded by 18 feet of snow. Mm. It's pretty Ooh. exciting, guys. Is it not? Well, I mean, defiant exciting. Toby was without power for like more than a day. Oh, I'm sorry, Toby. I almost didn't get to record. Yeah. But I have a new song I've been singing this week. What's to that? To the Green Acres theme song. What's that? You right. know, the Green Acres theme song that's like, farm living is yeah. the life for me. Yeah. yeah. So my new song is condo living is the life for oh. me. As I look out and I see the little dudes shoveling and plowing and I don't have to do anything for the first time in like 20 years. Pretty darn happy about that. I'm I'm happy too. Because uh, so like in the last couple of months, I got like a small bonus from one of my gigs. And then my mom gave us some Christmas money. And Kevin and I, like, we don't usually agree on like what to spend little windfalls on, but there's one thing that we actually kind of agreed that we would like it like be willing to buy. Instead of taking the money, throwing it on the pile and and paying some bills. No. So let's bought, get something that we wouldn't buy ourselves. We bought the most obscene, enormous television. It oh. is it is 77 inches. Oh my god. It is so big. And it, it like so 77 inches is a diagonal. It is, but it is longer than Kevin is tall. It is so Is that right? Yes, it's 68 I didn't really inches lay down. Okay. on the on the horizontal. And you're oh my god, you're Can I you're come like over and see it. It is so <laughs> big. Oh, yeah. And I have to tell you, when you can't go anywhere, turning this thing on and having all the people be four times as big as you are, it's very exciting. I love it. Kevin, thank you. Yeah. And it makes regular TV look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, uh, oh, man, look at all the 
static and pixels. Yes, and shit. but get your shit together, CBS. You know what else I got, Laura? What? I got my own VPN account, so I can get that <gasps> Happy Valley now. Oh, oh, I'm coming to your house. Oh, I've I'll been, just give I've you. Been... I'll just give you my login. <laughs> you can do it on your own computer. That's how I started using it because my son gave me his login. It's actually really good. Gonna have to get that BBC player. Yeah. I, I was always very confounded by this whole VPN thing. It's an app. You just get the app and then you tell oh, your iPad. It? Yeah. You get the VPN app. Uh, listen, oh my listeners God. have been telling. Okay. Listeners who don't know how to do this. I'm old. There are apps for VPN. You get it. And it changes the location of wherever your device is, your iPad, your computer. You just tell it you're in England. And then you can literally watch whatever's on in England. It's incredible. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's one thing you have to do in order to get the BBC app to work is that you have to give them your postal, your postal code, code <laughs> in England. So Rebecca asked me to give her one. I gave her the one to 10 Downing Street. Yes. Give me the oh. ring. I was like, give me a random postal code in England. And he just gave me one and I put and it And it in. worked. Yeah. I could do Exeter, England. I This is, I can't wait. This is my plan for the snow day. Yeah. Anyway, so thank you, Kevin. Thank You're you. You're welcome. Rebecca. I'm really happy with our obscene Yeah, I bet. I bet. It's gross. You can put that in the newsletter. Yeah. No, it's super. <laughs> it's really something. Okay. So I think we should talk about, speaking of obscene things on TV, I think we should talk about the thing we're going to be talking about and drop that first clip right now. What do you think, Kevin? Do it. Leading off. It's been a crazy ride. There's all of this money and this fortune with a dog fronting it. So this is the story of how it started. When a German countess died in 1992, she left her fortune to the only family she had. Her dog, Gunther. The world's richest pooch enjoyed private jets, personal chefs, and a dedicated staff led by Gunther's caretaker, Maurizio Mian. Maurizio came to me and said, hey, Lee, um, form a group that's going to sing and dance on behalf of the richest dog in the world. It was actually listed in the will. The countess had laid out a plan. The will also decreed that Gunther would form a pop band. The dog bought Madonna's mansion, where the group's attractive members were directed to have sex with one another, while researchers studied their levels of happiness. But few questions were asked about the origins of the fortune or how Maurizio came to control Gunther's financial empire. Was it an imagination to resolve an emotional issue of somebody who he lost as a friend? Or was it just a tool to funnel money so that you don't have to pay taxes on it? The Netflix documentary series Gunther's Millions turns the feel-good story of a rich dog into an investigation of media manipulation, tax fraud, sex cults, and the man at the center of it all. Is this the story about one lucky dog, or is it the ultimate test to see if money can buy happiness? Spoiler alert! We are going to be talking about significant plot points from Gunther's Millions. So if you want to remain spoiler free, go to the estimated time code in our show notes to hear our thumbs up or thumbs down reviews. One additional note, I am the host of the Netflix podcast, You Can't Make This Up, and I have interviewed the directors of this documentary. However, I promise that has not influenced my review. So, Kevin, this is a show that is not about what it proclaims to be about, correct? Well, it's not where you think it's going. Especially, you know, the story. It's like, oh, this feel-good thing. You know, the dog, you know, has millions of dollars and things like that. And it's going to be fun. And it's like, hey, let's watch what the private chef makes for the dog. Even if you think it's like a crazy, stupid thing. I can't believe, you know, people <laughs> spending their money like that. And you certainly think, like, the more you're watching about it, this is going to be about Maurizio and how he's taking advantage of the situation because it's kind of a thing that, you know, would be obvious. That's where it's going, you know, and just find out about all these other things. But it's way more complicated than that. And in the end, I think it's way more moving when you sort of figure out the motive for the whole thing. The motive or just the reason? Well, the reason for the whole thing. What's got it going? This is the whole thing. We call this a scam, but do we? Is I mean, it's a tax. It's not really a scam. It's a tax it's, it's, fraud. It's it's a rich person who wants to live forever and like evade taxes, which is what all rich people want, right? Yeah, and I loved the graphic when that finally was revealed, where it was like actually, well, that and again, it was in stages. It was not the countess's money; it was my mother's money, and then it had this dick, 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 this little thing going along. But then you find actually. There wasn't even 
a countess. And it was just like the whole thing was just so convoluted. See, I don't even think it was that, about taxes, though. It was it just was, all it was about not paying taxes. On it was money, about not though. paying taxes. No, no, no. I see. I see it is all about moving the money and not not really laundering the money, but laundering the idea and giving cover to Maurizio's plan to spend the money as he wishes. Listen, but he wouldn't put it in the I'm Bahamas. Just crazy thing. Be- he wouldn't put it in the Bahamas if he wanted to pay if he was willing to pay taxes. Well, I think it's just a bonus. You should have gone <laughs> to Grand Cayman. I like that better. Yes. So, Laura, you sent a note. I just want to answer it real quick. Why did it take so long for the press to pick up on the scam or have they? These documentarians did a bunch of journalism on yes. this story. Well, that's kind of what I felt like. Yes. Is that watching this seemed like the first time this whole story Correct. was actually revealed. And I was like, so that's what I was really kind of. First of all, I was like, why is Maurizio willing to tell his story now? except that he loves to talk about himself. But secondly, the only other thing I found was an AP story where they wrote about like a correction that it wasn't actually a German shepherd selling Madonna's mansion in Miami. <laughs> that was a publicity stunt. And it goes on to kind of say some of the stuff, but it, I never saw anywhere nope. in what I was reading, anything about the tax fraud and the true story and the fake countess and the fake dog, like the whole thing. So this was a lot of work. Yes, it was. Tremendous undertaking. Yes. So, Toby, we first meet some very colorful people who are, because by the way, there is actually a dog, we should say. There is actually a series of dogs, a series of Gunthers. And what are we on, Gunther 6 now? Well, the original dog was was Gunther 4. 12 or something. Gunther 6. 12. We're on Gunther something. So there is a Gunther. But there are also Gunther copies that they sometimes shuffle in and out because, you know, Gunther. Yes. And the filmmakers said, because I asked them, I was like, was the real Gunther even in this movie? And they were like, sometimes we didn't know. Sometimes it would be the real Gunther. Sometimes it wouldn't. Uh, That being said, there were also staff. And we first meet this spokesperson for the Gunther estate, which is this woman and she, I find to be a very interesting character because she's sort of telling the story. Uh, her name is Lucy, sort of from the outside and the inside at the same time. And just her voice alone kind of sets you up like something weird is about to happen. Did you get that sense? Yeah, well, I she sounds like exactly like Anna Delvey. When she died, she had no direct relatives, no one close to her. She gave everything to her dog, Gunther she loved so much. I don't know what she was supposed to be. And I don't know what this Julie woman, like where she's from. Like there were times when I was like, oh, she's Australian. And then she'd say something else. and be like, no, that can't possibly be it. So I don't really know what her deal is, but she's just one of many, many, many characters. You're hard pressed to find one kind of even somewhat normal person in this entire and this is, you meet a lot of people and all of them are are weird in some way, except for maybe the woman who's who saves the dogs at the end. Oh, the dog uh, rescue people. Yes. Yeah, they'd seem kind of normal, but it's a bunch of very strange people in pursuit of very strange things. Yes. Well, there is this estate set up with all of these rules. And one of the rules is around this, quote, pop group enterprise, which isn't really a pop group enterprise. And this is sort of pre-reality TV and pre-like manufactured pop group sort of era. And so they buy Gunther, quotes, buys this mansion in Florida, Madonna's mansion, and they set up this group called Toby the Burgundians. What do you think of that? What, what do you think of this conceit of, of the Burgundians and what ends up happening in this mansion? It's weird. Um, <laughs> It's like somebody had read a newspaper article about like how you could become famous or how somebody became famous and didn't completely understand it and then decided that they were going to try it because the Burgundians thing is bizarre. It sounds stupid. It is stupid. What you kind of find out is that is that what he's really trying to do is study happiness, right? What makes people happy? Like what, what happens and stuff. But his idea of, what brings happiness and how he can create a situation for people to be happy. It's just sort of like unrestrained hedonism. So it's like, we're going to do mushrooms and we're going to, you can have sex with anybody you want to all the time. There's no strings attached. Just have sex as much as you possibly can. And we'll have beautiful people. And so he kind of ties like happiness into like fun 
which he sort of understands on like just like eighth grade boy level, which is just like lots of sex and partying. And, you know, he never like thinks about other things that people find make for happy lives, like helping people or doing something, you know, fulfilling. And actually my feeling was like, instead of getting these bizarre, like beautiful people and putting them in these strange situations, why don't you just find people who are happy and find out like, what makes them tick? Like, that seems like that'd be the, like, if that's honestly what you're trying to do, I would just find happy people and like walk around behind them and be like, oh, why is this making you happy? And I think that's how you find that stuff out. But that wasn't what he was after. Not to mention the eugenics part. Of well, the eugenics part is not great either. <laughs> he really just wanted to watch the people having sex and see some fun stuff, Toby. Maybe hop in there a little bit himself if he got a chance. And stuff his zucchini in their mailbox. And make the perfect baby, right? Like that's Yeah, the- perfect happy 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 situations bring about happy babies. The perfect happy attractive baby. And and by the way, we don't want to call it what it is cuz that sounds a little bit to Hillary, is that yeah. what they say yeah. in the documentary? And I'm like, no, that's literally what eugenics yeah. is, guys. That's yeah. literally what it is. I'm sure they thought the master race would be happy, too. Exactly, exactly. Fun-loving Nazis. So yeah. there is one really fun, to me, and funny conceit in this whole documentary, which is that Maurizio's partners and friends very clearly do not understand how candid he is or isn't being with the filmmakers in his own individual interviews. So whenever they interview them, especially the women in his life, the women are like, I don't know if I'm supposed to say this or I'm not supposed to say this. Or at one point, Carla is like, oh, I can't tell you why we go to the Bahamas. And she makes this thing like a handcuff symbol. And she's like, we just like the island. So (laughs) meanwhile, Maurizio is telling the filmmakers, fucking everything. Eventually, yeah. So Kevin, what what do you think about how the filmmakers do this trick where they switch between Maurizio telling them everything and then to sort of show how deceitful he can be, they show other people covering for him in that way. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's how you take it. First of all, I mean, they do some kind of fun things to kind of set this up where they have sort of the little bit of the behind the scenes stuff or like telling the guy like his beads are, you know, going too loud. He's got to take them <laughs> off. So, so this, so, so I love that. yeah, I actually loved it. That was so funny. So having the, the sort of, I don't call them outtakes, but the sort of expanded producer interaction that you don't normally see. Like we've already been accustomed to that. You know, there's the lawyer, like at some point he's like, well, so do you want the real story? Yeah. I think the real story would be great, but they always kind of like, they don't know how much Maurizio has said. And so they're like, I don't want to be the one to spill the beans, but you can keep telling like Maurizio told you that That happens a few times. Wait, Maurizio told you that. I I really don't know. I don't know that the counter ties in the story. Are you clear with Maurizio this thing? I'm a careful person. Cut, please. So you either can see that as like they're afraid of him and he's like they don't want to get on his bad side or they're all in on it and they have this need they feel to protect Maurizio and kind of go along with this game that the money belongs to the dog and he's just the caretaker spending the money and he's not really interested on how to be happy himself. He's just doing this research for the betterment of the Fantastic Five or whatever the fuck they were. Yeah. Laura, didn't you find yourself at the beginning? Like, I just kept thinking, like, but what about the dog, though? Like, what is the dog doing? What's the dog's life like? Is yeah. the dog really enjoying himself on the yacht? Because they kept saying, like, we got to get this yacht for the dog. We got to buy this house for yeah. the dog. And I was like, this dog has really good taste because those houses were quite beautiful. They were quite beautiful. Actually, what I kept thinking as I was watching the dog was, how is this dog so well behaved? Yes, it just I best was like, behaved dog just, I've ever seen. I was like, this dog is just like pimped out. He's like, I'm on my water raft, and here's my steak, and like it was so well behaved. Like, and I'm like, well, I guess that's what happens when you have an entire team of people hampering you all day long. Every I can day. shit anywhere I want. Yeah, I, I can was fart like, after eating all the steak. <laughs> that was an impressive steak, I have to say. Well, then I did get a little worried about the dog during the whole like sex show thing when they were like, you know, the dog was kind of in the middle of some of these orgies just kind of hanging out like 
That was like his Studio 54 era or something. But, uh, you know, the, the part that, that didn't fit the vibe of the rest of it, speaking of dogs, was that scene, that really sad scene where we see all those dogs that are in horrible conditions. The puppy mill, yeah. Yeah. And the guy who comes forward to basically report that because he just can't take watching it anymore. That was that was awful. He was uh, going enough fine. In the past, I assure you that Alaricos always, always kept the situation perfectly well. Uh, I know that something, you know, very bad happened, but uh, this uh, was was completely unknown for everybody. I mean, I will say one thing about these documentarians. They got everyone like there's nobody. They got the dog puppy mill guy and they got the dog rescue people. And they got the guy who turned in the dog puppy mill guy. But the the dog breeder guy says he still claims to be the greatest German shepherd breeder, like in like the number three German shepherd breeder in the world. It's wild. Yeah, which is crazy after that. Again, it's like amazing to me that people can get, you know, involved with something like that. And then it's like people just forget about it. It yeah. falls off the radar. It's like, oh, yeah, whatever. That's what having hundreds of millions of dollars would do, I guess. So, Kevin, speaking of shady businesses. Yeah. Um, I think it's time for us to discuss the oh, business section. Oh, fuck you, Rebecca. <laughs> Toby's face every time we do a business section transition, he just makes his face like he wants to die. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kevin, what do we got going on on our Patreon right now? Well, coming up on our Patreon is going to be another edition of Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club podcast. Yeah, it is. Toby recently talked with Janet Varney and Allison Horrocks about Trailed. And now he's prepping for another edition. Toby, for those who want to do their homework for that next episode, what book should they be reading right now? They should be reading a book called Karachi Vice, Life and Death in a Contested City. And it's by a woman named Samira Shackle. And it basically follows the stories, and I'm saying this, I'm about halfway through it, of six different people who live in Karachi and sort of interact with so the crime and violence in their city in different ways. It's super interesting. It's something I knew absolutely nothing about when I started. And, you know, the the people that Samira finds and, and follows, it's sort of compelling the way that they live their lives. In the background is this combination of criminal and political violence that goes on in the city. Uh, it's, it's a very complicated, very interesting book. Hmm. So that's Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club podcast. Remember, if you support us as the uh, the crime writers on nation sponsor level, yes, you can watch Toby and his guests record the podcast live, and you can even take part if you wish. You can ask questions. You're real inside. Toby sometimes brings people on to have uh, their comments, so it's really interactive. But even if you're not at that level, if you're a part of the exclusive content club, you're going to get that podcast. You're going to get... Laura's Leave It to Bricker podcast, the Crime Writers on After Show, and our Married with Podcast That's podcast. four shows. Four extra shows. Four extra shows. Well, I mean, over the moon, like every month, it's like eight episodes. Six it's a lot of extra shows. Episodes. Yeah. Some people like when they want their Patreon, like, I want one free episode, you know, one long form episode. We're like, we're getting you a whole bunch of yeah. we're podcasts. All, we're yeah. working overtime for you guys. We're like undercharging for a lot of stuff. Yeah. You know what? Because there's four of us. We need a dog so, like, to... We have, we have like to keep everybody busy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Kevin, do we have any Patreon patron saints of the week this week? Yeah, our Patreon patron saints are Megan Roberge and Rob oh. Weber. <gasps> Bless you. I love Rob Weber. Rob Weber left a wonderful comment in our Facebook group this week, and he is one of my favorite listeners. Right? Yes. He embraces platonic love among men in a way that I super appreciate. Thanks, Rob. Rob was commenting on our Patreon discussion last week about Bone Valley and how I cry every time I hear men friends say that they love each other because I'm like, men need to go to therapy more and just express that they love each other more. And Robert was like, I really endorse that. And that's something I try to do all the damn time. And it started this really beautiful thread. And um, Robert, thank you. Thank you and bless you. Who's the other Patreon patron saying? I don't mean to give that person second billing. That's Megan Roberts. Megan, you're wonderful too. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Megan and Robert. Thank you, everybody, for suffering through the business section. Those of you who support us on Patreon, those of you who don't. Kevin, does thus end the business section? Thus ends the business section. I'm going to go ahead and fade that music out right now. Do you ever meet someone who seems kind of off? 
Whether it's a creepy neighbor or random phone number that keeps calling you, TruthFinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email, and more. TruthFinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to truthfinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Okay, so Kevin, at some point in this documentary, yeah. someone asked somebody, is this a cult? <laughs> yeah. Someone asked Lee, is this a cult? Is what a cult? Now, you, just, you should act, explain what they're asking if what is a cult. Right. What? If someone has to say, like, if you ask somebody, is this a cult? People living in a house that, together, following rules, right? Having sex with one another, whatever, right? If you have to, your answer should be, no, it's not a cult. If you have to say, well, what is a cult? Define that for me. It's a fucking cult. All right. <laughs> Do you feel like that could almost be cult-like? <laughs> not at all. Um, okay. So, wow. <laughs> that is hilarious. So, if you put into context today what the word cult means, that comes from a negative fear place. And when you're in a group that is pushing joyous things, then there's no real need for an allegiance. This guy came off so stupid. Like, I, I don't know. What would but you define as a cult? Yeah, but not all cult. Oh, okay, whatever. <laughs> I guess it's not a cult then. I mean, there were reasons for them to stay that were perhaps more compelling than reasons why they might leave. Well, I got to tell you, if I were in a house and it was like, everybody play with this dog and fuck each other, I might want to stick around too. And spend as much money as you want. Spend as much money as you want. All you have just, to do is just work don't pay out. attention to the guys with the white lab coats and the clipboard. <laughs> it doesn't really strike me as a cult though, does it? No. No. Toby, it is, it is and it isn't cultish. When I first watched it, I was like, it feels culty because they're being told to do all these things. But then it just disbands and then they just start a new one where they wear those weird light up necklaces, <gasps> which also feels culty. Yeah, but I think, you, you know, you have weird sort of communal arrangements that don't necessarily involve cult stuff. Like you, yeah. you don't have like a religious leader or anything. It's just, they're not separating them from their families. They're not doing any of that. Right. right? They're not, they're not tithing. They're not giving up all their goods. You know, there's no call to religion really. As a matter of fact, I, I think that's probably the opposite of what they're after is they don't mm -hmm. want religion get in the way of nonstop good time party. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. Oh, I was trying to put my necklace on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, for our listeners, because this is not a visual medium, just put a headlamp around her neck so that she could pretend to be in the cult. So, Laura, I have, a, I have a character I would like to ask you about who is, um, I swear to God, the filmmakers told me this guy is legitimately exactly what you see on film and 10 times worse. Fabrizio Corona, the Italian Charlie Sheen <laughs> slash gossip guy who, as it turns out, was on home arrest when they interviewed him for this oh, show. Oh, that guy. Yes. Oh, that guy was horrible. Oh, I hated him so much. His name is Fabrizio Corona. He's an Italian Charlie Sheen. <laughs> on house arrest right now. Yeah. You cannot go out. You cannot do anything. Oh. Yeah, you can fuck. What did you think of the fact that he clearly saw this documentary solely as an opportunity for him to build his personal brand 
And he that is clearly the only reason he was in this documentary. Yeah, that guy was vile. He was the guy that was part of the, I don't know if he was in the Magnificent Five or one of the reality shows in the house. One, one of the like, bands, one of the musical groups. One of the musical bands. And uh, he just talked about how he got to like have sex all day. It was so great, blah, blah, blah. And then as it kind of pans out, he doesn't look as good as he once did now that he's on house arrest. But again, you got to hand it to the filmmakers for getting everybody to take part, even the douchey people. Yeah. And in that case, they just let him sort of tie his own noose, honestly, by just letting him be him. Yeah. So, Toby, what did you think of him? I thought he was delightful. Um, <laughs> like, why would you think that anything that that guy does would give you any insight into what brings happiness to like your average person? He's just so far out there. Like, I kind of thought like maybe it's like a put on and it's not very funny. But if that's really the way he is and that's the way he acts, it's freaking hysterical and in, in sort of a uh, laughing at you, not with you kind of way. I'm like, I don't really think you're going to make it big in the U.S. because you're on this, this thing. I don't think people are going to find you that appealing. Could you come to feel like, I, I think, that Maurizio is like sincere in wanting to find out what makes people happy because he himself is unable to kind of access that or at least access any kind of consistency. So he's really got these questions, but the way he goes about trying to answer this question, which is clearly super, super important to him is so batshit mm -hmm. that in some ways to me that that's like the whole thing was like, why? Like once you realize that he's sincere, it's like, why are you going about it this way? Right. Like if, if you really are trying to solve this problem, which you clearly are haunted by, this just isn't the way to do it, man. And uh, isn't it weird too that all these people are indulging him? Like his ex-wife Carla, who got, clearly he still has like this very close relationship with. All these, they all. Well, like, I think he's he comes off as a likable. I mean, very he's like sweet. a sad puppy. Yeah. You know, it's just like I would love to help you find happiness and be happier and live a fulfilling life because you've got all these resources and a desire to be happy and you just, for whatever reason, can't do it. But I don't think you're going to find it by giving this guy <laughs> the opportunity to have sex with a whole bunch of people in this house. Like, I don't think that's going to give you the insight that you're looking for. Fabrizio Corona sounds like the name of the button man of a bad mob movie. Yeah, he does. It sounds like something well, like Tony Elaine Knuckles and George would make up on Seinfeld <laughs> if there's like, yeah. who are you dating? Fabrizio. What's his Corona. last name? My uh, Italian Corona. Mexican cousin. <laughs> yes. isn't, it, isn't it so weird that Maurizio's mother like invented a drug that we still see commercials on TV yeah. for like all the time. I so there's one thing, you know, he's very, I don't want to say deceptive. I guess that's almost like adding a moral judgment to his obfuscation. But the one thing that, that like, I think that these producers just kind of let drop, who's saying, yeah, we made the money and then with the business and then there was nothing more we could really accomplish. So we sold it. Like what? That doesn't sound like a, reasonable answer to selling is a liar. billion dollars. Yeah. He's a, okay, that's the other thing that we learn is that he is a liar. We yes. see him yeah. call Well, I thought they were going to come later in. Well, they they show it without that. telling it, right? Because the, the last shot of the documentary is him calling them oh, over. No, 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 no. I mean, it's it's clear that he's fabricating a lot of yes. it. I just say the filmmakers let them tell the cover story yes. that the media has been eating up and the legend and then they just kind of like go like one after another. They systematically go and pull apart different parts of the legend. Right. Yeah. I just thought that they were going to come back to that thing about why they got out of the legitimate pharmaceutical business. It yeah. doesn't seem like I don't think it matters. We just, well, the answer is like, well, we just, there was nothing more for us to do. It's like, that sounds like bullshit. In the meantime, you're you've got this dog. Yeah. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's like, interesting. You've to got this dog. This dog. Well, yeah. well, that that should clearly... be the subtext of the entire thing. <laughs> I mean, by the way, apparently it wasn't even his dog. Like he stole it from a girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really interesting when she suddenly shows up because he had a lot of women and then like, oh, this one was like, and then I decided to have a baby with them. And then this one's like, and I had the real dog. And he stole I, my dog. He stole her dog. But but I have to say what was really interesting about that part was, I don't know if anyone else kind of picked up on this like I did. He really loved that dog. Like they had like, he was really affectionate to that dog. So I was like, okay, 
So maybe behind this tax evasion that he's got going on, at least he's putting some of this money to good use because he's an animal lover. Well, he used you know? he used the magic medication on the dog to try to like cure the dog's yeah. like illnesses and stuff. <laughs> but what, what was wild to me, I mean, he's clearly he's just a liar, right? Like mm-hmm. so they have all these moments of him saying one thing and then the cameras just keep rolling and then he's like, Okay, that's not true. Here's the other here's the real truth. Yeah, how do you how do you square that? That he he has this cover story, he's been Telling these, you know, but these lies for years. But then he tells. But the it truth. doesn't even like really. really he said, "Well, we didn't find a, uh, you know, a death certificate." Okay, I'll tell you that. It, yeah. it wasn't like I, I'm going to die on this hill with no, all he, these different he things. He never dies so on this hill. So does someone like he points immediately it out. crumbles. And then at the end, though, they had this moment where he's like, "You know, it would be a really good story." Yeah. Why don't you pretend that the dogs are clones? Tell them the dogs are clones. Wild. So with other they thing, they are not clones, by the way. They're not. And we asked, they're not clones. So the other thing that, that struck me at the end, and I don't know if any of you guys thought this, at the end, Maurizio and Carla go to this island in the Bahamas. They're going to buy an island to set up an animal sanctuary, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> and we see this shot of Gunther chasing an iguana. And I'm like, you're going to bring a bunch of dogs to this island and let them free? Every iguana on this island is going to be gone in like, Four days. This is going to be an ecological disaster. Be the biggest puppy mill in the world. These people have no plan. They never have any plan. Like it's just they seem like well in tax. Yes, liars and tax evaders and whatever. But they seem like relatively benign, well-meaning liars and tax evaders. But they don't have a plan. They're like misguidedly trying to find happiness for themselves for dogs. They're just. They want that and they just keep doing it in the weirdest, like, dumbest ways. I hang ways. out with them, but I also want to be like, guys, all the iguanas on this island are going to die if you go through with this plan. But he's like a, he's like a 14-year-old, you know? I mean, I think in like everything, it's just like, I'm just going to lie about this and see what happens. And oh, I got sponsored. <laughs> well, you know, that you got me. This is the actual <laughs> truth. I'm going to bring a hundred dogs to this iguana-filled island. It'll be paradise for these dogs. It's like, dude, it's not going to be paradise for these dogs. Like, what are they going to do? Right. Like, you're going to have to import so much freaking food. They're going to get in fights with iguanas, you know. Each other. Sooner or later, they're going to start breeding. You're going to have, like, dogs with three eyes and stuff. I mean, it's just going to be. (laughs) Is there a fresh water source for them to drink water? It's just going to be a mess. It's going to be dog poop island. And uh, Dog Poop Island is that that's different than Cocaine Island. It's, well, it's <laughs> worse. It's much much worse than Cocaine yeah. Island. Yeah, it's going to be Poop Island. I would rather go to Cocaine Island and go to Culebra and see if anything is still there, even though I know it's not. Um, rather than Poop Island. <laughs> so you're going to get like have some exploded landmines. Is that what you're trying to say? I want to say this before we get out of the spoiler section of this because I feel like. When you watch this story, I think you can see this really one of two ways. And I think I'm seeing it one way. Maybe you guys see it slightly different. The whole thing about Maurizio doing this whole thing to have, you know, his own fortune sort of be laundered through the story of a countess going to a dog. It also says in the will, you got to create this rock band that we're going to study and everything like that. You can either look at it and see this is a guy who is trying to pull off this financial con and, you know, is using the dog as the prop for that. Or as I see it, I see it much sadder. I see it, that it's a more it's a sadder story because, yes, he is doing all these things, but it's he's really chasing his own happiness because of all the story. You can shake your head. This is how I see it, because the whole story about making up the countess and that it, her son, Gunther, died like he's like projecting himself on all of these other things. He's not perfect. He's doing a lot of weird shit. But I was surprised to find out like that is what is behind his actions for all this stuff is that he is trying to find his own happiness by studying other people's happiness and living the life with the dog and all that other shit. Boo hoo. I think here's what I think. I think when you're as rich as he is, a lot of people are unhappy. A lot of people have stuff. He is a very, very, very rich person with depression, right? Yep. And he is pulling off a tax fraud and wants to live forever and be happy. And rich people. He wants to live forever. 
like he just wants to like have this legacy. That's why he has like the long scheme of like the dog bloodline. And that's why everything is about like buying an island. And everything is like being like having babies. Like it's all about legacy, right? He, yeah, he wants to be happy, but everybody wants to be happy. But I think this whole thing is just like a very rich person conceit wrapped in like a way weirder package. <laughs> that's that's my opinion. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? <laughs> Super weird. <laughs> I think it's super weird. And I think it's like lifestyles of the rich eccentric. And just when you think you've seen the most bonkers part of this story, he does something else. And like today, I was looking the guy up. Hold on a second. <laughs> Big swing Product placement. <laughs> Gee, Laura, what are you taking a sip um, of? <laughs> um, no, so today I was looking him up because I was curious and I was like, again, I was like, I can't find anything about the scam. But no, I found that just last year he became a part owner of some racehorses yeah. in South yeah. Florida. <laughs> and and there's like this whole crazy article in like the Thoroughbred Times or something about how he's like, oh, you need some money. Here's 50 grand for I'm your racehorses. I'm a chronicle and- of the horse story coming out mm, of this. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, Gunther's horses. I just think when you when you're super rich, like sometimes there aren't people tell, who are willing to tell you no, especially if they're living off you, essentially. And one one thing that that almost everybody says about him who knows him is like he's a very strange man. And they may mm. say he's very nice, but he's very strange, or he's very rich, but he's very. But it's it's constantly he's very strange, <laughs> and he's got all these people who are just like willing to indulge like these weird things that he's. He's got going on. And I think, you know, part of his personality is that typical rich person. Like, I don't want to fucking pay taxes. Like, this is my money. And so he pulls off some weird scam for that. And yeah, it's like absolutely rich privilege to kind of focus on what you feel is your shortcoming or, or what's missing in your life or whatever to this obsessive length where you can spend all this money to like do a quote unquote scientific study of how you can make it better. And he does it because he's a strange man in the strangest possible way, which is why you can make a four part documentary about it. Because if he was a normal rich guy who was just like, I'm just going to like try and fly a shuttle into space or something, (laughs) you can't do it because it's boring. Yeah, exactly. Do you ever meet someone who seems kind of off? Whether it's a creepy neighbor or random phone number that keeps calling you, Truthfinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email, and more. Truthfinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to truthfinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today. What do eight bags of concrete mix, a cooler full of 30-pound sea bass, and a 10-inch compound miter saw have in common? They're all things that are easier to load in and out of the bed of the new F-150. Thanks to its new available pro-access tailgate, that's also a swing gate. The new 2024 Ford F-150, tough this smart, can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024, pro-access tailgate available starting spring 2024, cargo and load capacity limited by weight and weight distribution. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day, or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. All right, let's do what we do. Let's let our listeners know, should they check out the four-part series, Gunther's Millions? allegedly about the richest dog in the world on Netflix. Laura Bricker, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for Gunther's Millions? Yeah, thumbs up. I thought this was a really interesting documentary. I mean, it was something I hadn't heard of. You know, the way that things were revealed as you were watching it into the layers of what was actually going on behind the life of this very wealthy dog was absolutely fascinating. But What really impressed me is when I started actually doing research online, couldn't find any of the information that was in this documentary and realized that this documentary was actually the first time this information was being reported. And that was amazing because 
everybody was involved and they were very forthcoming. And it's just, it's a crazy story. If you want to see a dog floating around on a raft in the middle of an orgy, you should watch this show. Toby <laughs> <laughs> Ball. <laughs> Top that, Toves. Uh, or if you know. want to see a man whose bathing suit may or may not be covering up his bits, floating around with a dog, you should watch. Yes. Toby Ball, what do you think? Sometimes, by the way, Kevin did pause a couple of times and he's like, "What is happening right there?" Talk about for, spoiling. Thumbs up or thumbs down for Gunther's Millions, Toby Ball. Yeah, so I'll g- I'm going to give it a thumbs up. It's 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 interesting. Like I thought, eighty percent of it was was really interesting. I thought twenty percent of it was like kind of eh. And at the end, you know, you kind of look back. It's like, what is the importance of what I just watched? You know what? <laughs> what the hell was this all like? Why did I spend all my time on this? It's entertaining. It's about this very strange guy, and he's got some strange ideas, and he does some strange stuff. And you know, I found watching him do his thing for three and a quarter hours, which some of it involved this dog. Some of it didn't, you know, most of the time I thought it was, I thought it was pretty interesting. Give, gives a lot of stuff to think about. I thought, um, so yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd give it a thumbs up. Kevin Flint. I'm thumbs up. I certainly think, you know, if you, the story is not what you think from the first 10 minutes or even just from, you know, reading the log line about what happened with this dog. It goes to other places that were really unexpected. There's the financial story that I'm not, as interested in only in the fact that it sets up the human interest story in this and what is really going on. Why does Gunther have this money? What the fuck is happening with the humans around him? Why was this all put in motion? And what I came away with is different than maybe what you guys came away with, but I like my version better. So I'm going with thumbs up. Yeah, I'm thumbs up too. I think there actually is a story here about like the grossness of wealth that I also really enjoyed. Kevin disagrees, but um, also there are just some like, I agree with Laura, the journalism of this documentary is quite excellent when you realize what they achieved. And one detail I will say, and I would honestly, if you like this documentary, I would strongly encourage you. And this is not just because of self-promotional reasons to listen to my interview with people who made this documentary. One detail we learned is that one of the filmmakers spoke Italian, but the subjects in the documentary didn't know that for part of the shoot. So they were speaking Italian in front of the filmmakers to try to keep things from the filmmakers. And they like understood everything they were saying. It's really illuminating and interesting. And uh, I just think that they just accomplished a lot in terms of like advancing a story that had been reported somewhat in Italy. And like bringing it here and telling it in full, like in a way that was very entertaining and fun and super weird. Uh, And I love animal stories and uh, weird people stories. So, yeah, I got to give this a thumbs up. I really, really enjoyed watching it. All right. That's going to do it for us. But before we go, Laura Bricker, I have to ask, especially after reviewing this, do we have a millionaire cat of the week this week? (laughs) Well, not yet, because, I mean, what is coming up for our local, like, Powerball and Mega Millions and all that? So, no, we do not have a, we have a regular orange cat this week. I think he might have actually been Cat of the Week before, but he's making Cat of the Week again. My friend Jen's. Oh, a repeat. Little Frankie, my good friend Jen's cat, the cat that I uh, found for her when she, her one of her other cats was lonely and Turned out that he was born on the same day that her father passed away. So he was named after her dad, Frank, but little Frankie. So I'm helping Jen move. And I brought her lunch last weekend before we were going to move boxes. And this cat was obsessed with my chicken Caesar wrap to the point that first he mauled my bosoms by climbing up and putting his paws trying to eat the sandwich. And then he literally came all the way from behind me, like sneak attack. So, I mean, he had... Much like um, some of these people that we've talked about. So why are we rewarding this cat? Exactly. Because he's amazing. He just sounds like a molester. He's a molester. He's like Chester the molester. But um, I I have a nice picture where he's drooling because I think he's still thinking about the chicken wrap that got away. So. He's thinking about the sausage that was stuffed in the mailbox from last episode. He's hoping he doesn't get a zucchini. This All week. right. So, Laura <laughs> who Bricker, doesn't love a sausage wrapped in a single <laughs> slice of white Butter bread, bread <laughs> stuffed in a mailbox? It's more better than a zucchini, as Laura pointed out. So, Laura Bricker, if folks want to reach out to you and submit their animals, 
hopefully a cat that hasn't won before. I feel bad for all people who were cheated. I don't think he's... Having... Maybe he hasn't won before. I don't okay. know. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. But by the way, we don't throw away previous entries. So you're still eligible. Good. Okay, good. Uh, how can folks reach out to you? Of course, they can email us at crimewriterson at gmail.com or send them to us on Facebook. But if they want to reach out to you, say, on social media, how can they find you there to submit their pets or plants or people to be Cat of the Week? They can find me at Lara Bricker. And Toy Ball folks want to reach out to you and say, hey, I don't think you're weird at all, Toby, just because you're searching for happiness through putting people in a mansion and making them be in a rock band. How can they find you on social media? At Toby Ball NH. Kevin Flynn, what about you? How can you be found if people can question your experiments for happiness? I'm at Kevin P. Flynn. And if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram, you can find me at Reb Lavoy. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Crime Writers On. And please join our incredible community in our official Crime Writers On Facebook discussion group. That's where you'll find listener Rob Weber. He's awesome. Support the show at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. You'll get the Crime Writers On After Show, Married with Podcast, Laura Bricker's Leave It to Bricker Podcast, and Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club Podcasts. Our theme song was composed and performed by Ty Gibbons. Our line editor is the wonderful Olivia Burdett. The executive producer of this fine program is Kevin P. Flynn. This show was recorded in the Treehouse Yoga Studio above the Mockingbird Cafe in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio, otherwise known as Studio C, The Closet, in our New Hampshire basement, where we try to solve the mystery once and for all of Who's the Good Boy? On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much Who for is listening. The good boy? We'll catch you later. Later. Toby recently talked with Janet Varney and Allison Horcrux about the... Horcrux? Horcrux. Horrux. Horrux. Sorry. It was a Horcrux. Harry Potter thing. Wow. Harry Potter. All right, the, I gotta do that There's seven of her. There's seven of She's her. hidden everywhere. And the scar in my forehead. Okay, okay. <laughs> Jesus. All right, we'll take that again. <laughs> There's a piece of Allison Horcrux in all of us. All right. Partners in, in Crime, crime Media. media. Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions.